0: Welcome to Eurodollar University with Jeff Snyder. Jeff is the head of global research for Alhambra Investments. And there, at their blog, he posted a piece titled Everything Hitting the Global Eurodollar Wall. And you can read that. It was posted on the 20th of June, 2022. You can find the link to that in the show notes, always on YouTube and on the podcast. All references, all articles are linked in the show notes. Jeff, at the beginning of the article, again, you show a nice piece of artwork by David Parkins. And we'll see at the end of the episode if people can figure out why you're showing Matador Powell and the dollar bull. We'll see if they can figure it out. But first, what is the thesis of this article?
1: What will the audience come away with at the end of this episode? The briefest I can be, when we say that there's problems in the global economy, it's not just one thing or another. It's not just one market or one curve or one part of one curve in one market. It's pretty much everything. It's widespread. It's global. It's a comprehensive phenomenon that's only getting louder and louder as time goes on. You start off by,
0: I guess this is your point, it's everywhere. You show us a Bitcoin graph. And then you reference the latest data out of Japan when it comes to imports year over year. How are these two related? Is the Bank of Japan given up on its currency, seeing as it's being blown out and is now accepting <laughs> they're now accepting only Bitcoin, but that's doing even worse. What what is Japan to do? What is the relationship between Bitcoin and Japanese imports?
1: Well, if you go so let's start with Japanese imports. Japanese imports were up almost fifty percent year over year. Fifty percent. I mean, that's amazing. And we're not comparing this to the lows in 2020 like we did last year. This is compared to 2021. This is May numbers. Japanese import is it, is it May or is it April? I can't even remember. I think it's A, I think it's May numbers. Either May. way, 50% May 2022 compared to May 2021. Which, when you look at the volume numbers, that's that's fifty percent by value, but by volume, it's no less than five percent growth. So the Japanese just paid fifty percent more to get about five percent more in actual goods than they had last year. Now where that relates to Bitcoin is that sounds like massive, massive, out of control inflation. So this should be this Japanese data should be confirming the idea that' we're, the whole world is experiencing Money printing something, whatever the inflation thesis is behind cryptocurrencies has been. You need to protect your wealth, store value, Bitcoin. But as we know, Bitcoin has been falling since last October, which is not a coincidence. We, we've, we've talked about that before. And Bitcoin over the weekend, this past weekend, which was the weekend of what, the 20 uh, July or June, um, whatever the days were this past weekend, I think it was 18th and 17th. Bitcoin actually fell below $17,000 or below $18,000 per uh, price. Real extreme low in Bitcoin. At the very moment, Bitcoin should be shining the most, right? CPIs around the world, not just in the US, are screaming consumer prices. We have Japanese imports up 50% because of prices. So, by all at least theoretical accounts, Cryptocurrencies should be flying off into their Hollywood sunset with everybody saying, I told you so. I bought Bitcoin because the store value was actually the way to go. That idiot Powell really did kill the dollar when, no, Bitcoin, crypto are all crashing. They're all heading into winter. And that's you don't have to take my word for it. Insiders, the Winklevoss twins, Gemini, Coinbase, all of these Infrastructure parts of the cryptocurrency and digital currency ecosphere are retreating. They're cutting back. They're laying off people. The, the prices aren't just collapsing. Liquidity is disappearing. At the very moment that crypto is supposed to be heading off into the sunshine, it's it's doing the exact opposite. So what are we missing here? What is the piece that links all of these things together? Because it's not just Japanese imports, it's beyond that. Something is wrong with the mainstream thesis of the last couple of years which has been inflation, 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 inflation.
0: We'll answer that question, what is missing, but first we're going to pursue what you just said, pursue the path of saying that it's not just Japan, Germany, that other export powerhouse. Germany also reported not too good data regarding trade. Foreign trade imports in total nominal value and then by weight, Jeff, We've talked about this before, very helpful to show these graphs that yes, nominally great because of prices, because of prices in certain areas, but actual trade volumes, not so good. Tell us, what should we take away from the German foreign trade data?
1: Just like Japan, you're paying a hell of a lot more, except in in this case, in the May figures for Germany, or I think it was April for Germany, they paid about 25, 26% more in euros to get was it a few percent less? So volume was less. You pay you pay a quarter more to get a few percent less than you did last year. Again, that sounds like inflation, but it's really not because we're seeing this. Uh, ec- this is sort of an economic weakness because imports are actually down by weight no matter what they're being paid for. The actual volume being shipped, the actual volume that's being demanded from around the rest of the world to go into Germany, be assembled into manufactured goods and then be sent along elsewhere is actually declining on a volume basis that just the fact that the prices are up just makes this process that much more harmful
0: we were looking at imports what about exports in germany is it the same story or is it even worse
1: much worse because now the germans because they're finding the rest of the global economy demand is weak inventories are up prices are all out of whack it's about you know if if you're writing to uh, the perfect economic storm As it relates to a weak economy that's never recovered from a deep recession a couple years ago, you probably couldn't add any more bad factors and negative pressures on top than we're seeing right now. Again, like I said, inventory prices are out of whack, demand is falling off. It's just a complete and utter mess. So German exports, they're marginally okay. They they look relatively good by price, but then you peer behind the prices, you peer peer behind the price illusion, uh, the not inflation but actual supply shock problems. And what you find is that actual volume by weight of exports in Germany are falling at a pretty substantial clip already and have been for some time, as it is in Japan, too. Japanese exports are declining by volume, even if they're up a bit by price, because global demand for the actual shipment of movement of goods has fallen off precipitously. And not just over the last couple of months but it's been moving in this direction for quite some time already. Jeff, we from time to time
0: take delight in recounting what the latest ZEW survey is out of Germany. Do so you happen to know where it is recently? And we, we delight in it because it is a survey, not of consumers, not of businesses in Germany, but of financiers, people in the finance department, economists, and they're always so excited whenever the ECB announces the latest round of stimulus. Do you happen to know where the latest ZEW outlook is? Have you been keeping track of that?
1: The sentiment outlook is deeply negative. And it was went deeply negative because of you know, Ru- Germany's proximity to the Russian-Ukraine conflict, as well as the energy fallout from it. So German sentiment among these financiers and commercial and merchandise agents across the German economy, absolutely plummeted, obviously, February, March, because of how much that was going to impact the German economy. And ever since then, sentiment, at least a sentiment indicator, has been marginally higher, but really kind of just scraping along the bottom of the barrel. Because as you pointed out, Emil, what excites them the most is when the ECB is being ultra loose or ultra stimulative. And as we know, the ECB is sort of caught between The Bank of Japan, on the one hand, who will never, ever level up of QQE, and the Federal Reserve on the other side, which is trying to be Paul Volcker part two, the ECB is kind of plodding along in the middle, which means they've tapered and quit. They've terminated quantitative easing. They expect to raise interest rates at their next policy meeting. So that's not going to be something that is going to make uh, German financiers very happy about the global economic prospects. But we'll see what happens in a couple of months. If these economic trends, these macro trends globally continue and the rest of the economy starts to catch up to where the markets are, including the markets for cryptocurrencies and realize that our biggest risks are not inflation, but in fact, recession, we just might see German ZEW start to pick up again because likely at that time, the ECB will stop talking about hiking rates and start talking about cutting them if they even get to any rate hikes, as well as reinstituting QE.
0: The ZEW is near the 2020 lows, the 2008 lows. It's not as miserable as the early 1990s lows. But what makes it notable, Jeff, is the about face, the U-turn, the rapidity. Because before this downturn, they were at near all-time highs, which pff, boggled the mind, boggled the mind. So
1: inflation, it was Red hot, overheat. Everybody bought into that narrative. The economy is doing really well. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's right there.
0: Not that we want to pick on Germany. They're our highest rated non-English speaking follower, you know, in terms of followers of YouTube and our podcast. So we love the Germans. Of course we do. Jeff, you end this article with several other commodity uh, graphs here. And I say other because I'm including Bitcoin. As a commodity, especially if you look at the price of copper and the price chart of Bitcoin, they're quite similar, quite similar, yeah. not as accentuated, you know, not as volatile in copper, but still, you can still see the same pattern, copper, aluminum, and iron ore. They're all saying that they're not enthusiastic about the future economic outlook, future economic uh, demand for these metals. A couple of euro dollar future curves and repo fails and your article, Jeff. Anything you wanted to mention there?
1: Well, first of all, the copper chart and some of the commodity charts are already outdated because they have crashed even more over the last couple of days since that was written. And really, the the point about those, including those like cryptocurrency, like Bitcoin, talking about Japanese and German trade, what we're really saying here. Is that the demand picture has changed and it has changed remarkably and materially because the supply factors, particularly among copper, aluminum, and several other of the industrial commodities, has not changed. There are still supply problems. There are still a supply imbalance in those major commodities that should be highly price favorable. But what we see is that prices are collapsing. Copper is down even more today. I think as of last I checked, it was. 382 per pound which is as Emil and I were talking off air one of the lowest since you know not just middle of last year that goes back to early 2021 if not 2020 representing a serious material shift in market thinking that cannot be about supply it has to be about demand which means there never was inflation it was nothing more than a supply shock and that the supply shock had an expiration date And that expiration date may have expired recently, in the near future, somewhere in here. Markets are reasonably certain that something has happened to demand over the last several months. And what that means is likely recession, not just in the U.S., but across the rest of the world.
0: And of course, copper is known as Dr. Copper in macroeconomics. He has a Ph.D. in macroeconomics. And Jeff, true or false, do we have a David Parkins illustration? for Dr. Copper.
1: We have a very good one where he's a professor writing on the chalkboard and he looks like, the almost like the Tin Man from, the, the original Tin Man from the original Wizard of Oz, only obviously not made out of tin but made out of copper because David knows his metals.